have entered the chat with Colette and Matt. It's a weekly conversation about the world's most important topic. Let's all say it together. Industrial lubricants. Oh, Oh, sorry. Wait. I quit. Okay. That's our show. We'll see you next week. Wow, can you wait, wait, just think for a minute about listening to an hour long podcast. Shit, even a 30 minute podcast about industrial lubricant. Uh, I love this world. And, and <laughs> I was we, like, industrial we, lubricant? You love I it? I love industrial, love industrial lubricants. Like, you know, you know, the world we inhabit where, like, when, when we, we and our our cohorts go go to conferences or cover things. It's like CES and it's E3 and it's all these like technology and entertainment things. But there are other people in this world who go to conferences mm-hmm. about their industry and they sit in rooms. I mean, this is pre-pandemic, of course. They sit in rooms and listen to t- TED Talks about whatever the fuck they sell or do. And there are conferences for industrial lubricants. And it is, uh, it's a big, people who go to like boat shows and talk about like boat engines and mm-hmm. that's their thing. Like I would gouge anything. my literal eyes out. Like but I would gouge my it, eyes out, but if you're in if it, you're in it, then you're, then, then that's your shit. And I, I respect it. I think it's pretty wild. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, amen to those people who are rocking out the industrial <laughs> lubricant conference. Someone's got to do it because who's going to make our microchips if they're not uh, running the factories, right? Right. That's my whole point. And then there's us <laughs> who's like, I need to talk about how many times I've played Returnal this week, which is probably in the 40s or 50s. Ooh, ooh. Well, we're, we're, we're going to get there. I'll save uh, it for the segment. Uh, save it for the side. We were very, the, if there's one thing about the show, it's very um, rigid and focused and we have to do everything by the book. Okay. <laughs> so first order of business. Uh, I am your co-host, Matt Silverman, here with Colette Bennett uh, of the titular Colette and Matt have entered the chat, if you can imagine that. <laughs> I feel so high ranking. <laughs> yeah, you do get first billing. You do get top billing on the show. Sorry, I keep choking. I think I've drunk too much wine tonight. <laughs> yeah, so you, you had a you had a, a a big dinner and and perhaps um, a cup or two extra. I of, well, of wine. yes, I had a, glass a little two. bit because to me, this is the thing. When I cook, I don't just go in the kitchen. What I do is I go in the kitchen. I put on headphones. I set up my mm-hmm. favorite music. I put my mm-hmm. phone on a little stand so I can control everything. And then I pour myself wine or a beer and like I groove out for like my entire kitchen experience. So that sounds good. It's it is good. I actually look forward to it because like I like cooking, but only when I'm already doing it. If that makes sense, like when I'm thinking yeah. about doing it, I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone in the world is always like, oh, cooking is so relaxing and cook more. And it's part of it. You know, I just, I cannot get into cooking because I just, I always am doing the math equation of like, okay, I got it. If I'm getting the ingredients, that's going to be you know, the prep and then finding the recipe and what am I going to eat? And then the kids won't eat that. So it does. And then there's a, and it's like, four hours of prep and then making the putting the ingredients together and then actually cooking that's another hour and then setting the and then you you sit down to eat it and that is literally 12 minutes of putting calories into your body and then it's two more hours of cleaning up and i'm Uh like 
Yes, I got it's, video it's, games to play. It's, it's very little return. Actually, fun <laughs> no fact. <return. laughs> fun fact, people with um, ADHD actually mm. hate cooking usually so much because it requires a level of executive uh, function that we do not typically possess that uh often people that have adhd will literally like not feed themselves until they're starving and then be Mm -hmm. like fuck i have to go eat and like shove literally whatever is in the house like into their faces so they don't die i have done this more times than i can count and also i i have a friend who once told me that she did this exact thing also has a adhd and (laughs) was really low on groceries and so all she had in the pantry that she could eat was like one of those like instant like uh scalloped potatoes kind of things and you're supposed to make it with milk but she didn't have milk so she ended up mixing it with water and then eating it out of the pot like a savage and that has been one of my favorite images in my mind ever since i I mean but also i'm like yes i know what that's like yes like yes. i i was playing this game for six hours and then i was like fuck i need to eat i've i've gone on too long and i've literally just been like can i eat this like cardboard cheerios box like what can i do <laughs> uh i i relate deeply to this you and i have this <laughs> you and i have discussed uh, extensively outside of the podcast uh that our our brains are very similar and so <laughs> The idea of going to a grocery store is the most boring, uh, uh, like irritating concept I could ever imagine. I hate it. The idea of prepping ingredients and doing all this process is super boring. So I love, I can't be in the kitchen unless I am also listening to a podcast or music because something else has to be going on for me to tolerate the boringness of this uh, task in front of me. And yeah, I, especially if I'm in a, you know, a flow state, which regretfully has been, you know, fewer and far further between in this crazy time we've been in. But if I'm working on a project or usually producing some music of some, of some kind, I'll, I'll be in there in that zone for many hours. And then I'll just be like, oh shit, did I? Did I eat lunch today? Mm-hmm. I have no, I don't know if I'm hungry. Yeah. I don't know if I ate. And then I just go for those scalloped potatoes because that's yep. all we got. With water. With Cheers. Water. <laughs> Neurodiversity, <laughs> folks. It's awesome. <laughs> but it also allows us to do uh, pretty awesome things like play 400 hours of the same video game over and over again. <laughs> And that's a little segment we're about to call here, uh, Video Games, What Are You Playing? Before we talk about Returnal, because I am eager to return to Returnal uh, <laughs> and f- see how you are faring in this, uh, in this, uh, you know, it, it, I don't Harsh know. alien I'll- universe? I was going to say a landmark game, an important game. You know, I think it's a it's a hot game of the moment. But you you will you'll tell me and and everyone like do you think this uh, this game deserves a place in in the pantheon of games? But before we talk about it, uh, we asked folks in our Discord community what they are playing, and uh, I think there's some stuff to chat about in here. Uh, Darab Ducky in Discord mentions cookie clicker which recently came to steam and are you familiar with this and and i feel like the 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 
the clicker, our clicker brains. I think there is something fun to be had here. Are you, are, are you aware of cookie clicker at all? I've heard of it, but I have no idea what the actual gameplay is like. I'm not I, too I, familiar. I think you must click. You must click, but I, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe I should have looked this up ahead of time, like this game was created to basically make fun of dumb clicker games. And I think it's just about clicking on cookies and waiting a period of time and then clicking on more cookies to get more points to click on more things. Like it was a, a parody of, of these sorts of games. And it was became so popular that it became a game and a phenomenon unto itself. And uh, I just find that I always find that very, very fascinating. It is. It really is. Like, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting because <clears throat> to go back a few episodes, uh, you know, the old friend's dog game like is basically like a, a clicker, you know, it is, right. uh, you know, but there's pet, pet, there's pet the management dogs, stuff, right? You're managing your pets, right? But it's a clicker bottom line. Okay. You're, you're, that's okay. what you're doing. And like, for the most part, I have like zero respect for that type of game, not because it doesn't take time and effort to make, but just cause it's not my style of game. And like, that's fine. But, um, like, you know, that game was a perfect example of, oh, wow, here's a clicker that, you know, truly with heart that did it differently. And I think that if that's possible, really for any style of game, you know, like I still hope that I'll see a platformer in the future that will make me go, wow, I've never seen that before. Wow. They really made this like different in a way I've never experienced, but still waiting on that. Yep. Yep. Like, um, I don't hate platformers, but like, I've just played a billion of them right is what it is yeah i mean we've we've talked about this it's like sometimes you're looking for that thing to iterate or push the envelope or combine mechanics into a new thing that's like whoa this this is the hot shit and sometimes you just want to click on cookies and that's all you want to do and that's uh that's, and that's okay yeah like i mean it's funny i remember writing something for my personal blog god forever ago probably like 2013 14 13 and it was like everyone was super obsessed with um candy crush everyone yeah. and i was like this game is garbage like <laughs> you know i'm mid 30s and i'm just like all oh, i'm gonna judge the shit out of this game and i was dating this guy and i remember i wrote something on my blog about like how like uh, games like candy crush were just a way to like make noise in your brain and like avoid like whatever mm. it was that you really should be thinking about mm, or whatever mm. And, mm -hmm. you know, that it's it it's it's just a form of white static. And he was pissed at me because mm. he played it. And I remember mm -hmm. him being like, you know, like, oh, you got all snobby about this. And I was like, look, that's just what I think, you know. And then now it's been a while and I look back and I'm like, wow, that was snobby. <laughs> like, sometimes you really just need to fucking click something like fuck off. Yeah. Well, but like. I find myself craving that noise because if I am not filling my brain with something at any given point during, while cooking, while cleaning up the dishes or whatever, then I'm just alone with my own thoughts. Right. And, and that can want, be a very difficult that. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, get I don't it. like that. I don't I get care it. for it. Yeah. I had to, I had to grow up a little bit maybe to better understand <laughs> the reasons why sometimes like we need stuff to fill 
the space in our brains and like that's perfectly okay even if we need to be distracted at that time but yep. yeah at the time i was just like i don't play such common games <laughs> <laughs> the common folk i should look it up uh, i bet if i reread it i would be like like it would be hilarious but also like so embarrassing yeah yeah it's mm, reading your old stuff and watching your old stuff is uh it's a tricky thing it was like well that's the fear it's like you if you never make stuff, then you never grow and you never do be- make better stuff. Right. But if you make stuff, then, you know, it's going to suck. Some of it's going to suck. And that's embarrassing. That's the and, process. That's what you have to do. Yeah. That's, Trust uh, that's me, a curse. As a person that creates stuff that sucks, I'm just like, oh, my God, I hate this so much. <laughs> Everything I make should be perfect. Yes. But like, it just doesn't go that way. Well, speaking of stuff that sucks, uh, Megalith says that they are uh, mostly playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Got him. Just kidding. I'm sure it doesn't suck. It's a great game. It looks awesome. <laughs> yes, Final Fantasy XIV's current cult is very fascinating to me because it's been around for such a long time. And like most of the people that I respect are like, this is my favorite story in the entire Final Fantasy canon. And I'm like, how? Yeah. How? But I also know mm-hmm. that I'm probably not going to invest in it right now. So... I just don't like the format. Like, I just like my games, my RPGs, you know, solo, like, really. But, like, I've been, I've had people tell me you could play it solo, but, like, I've tried the right. interface recently-ish, and I was like, I don't think I could do this. Really? So, so what's interesting to me is that um, if, when I crave online games and MMO games... I crave sandbox. I crave everyone's doing their own thing and everyone's working together and it's different jobs and stuff. And what actually puts me off of uh, Final Fantasy XIV is that apparently everyone is going through the same story. Everyone is the hero of of their own story and that is the same. And there's plenty to do and there's lots to grind and everyone, you can, obviously, you're playing with other players and working together. But um, it... I actually kind of dislike the idea that it is a it is a single player MMO kind of structure. And and I'm saying that in a way of like, I don't know if it's for me, but but maybe why don't you like the idea of a single player RPG that is also alive with content and that is brimming with new things to do that, that you know, what, what's going on there? Uh, I do not. I like my gaming experiences to have beginnings and endings. And Mm -hmm, I do mm -hmm. not. I know a lot of people want an ongoing universe. Like I know how excited you are about like new No Man's Sky stuff coming. And I totally get that. And maybe if it was in the right universe, I'd be like, okay with making the investment. But like, to me, that's just too big of an investment. Like, there'd be so much for me to catch up on. Yeah. I mean, like if it was like, you know, Hey, like this is super giant. We're releasing like a new piece of the Hades universe. I would like, you know, drool on the floor and then like grab my controller and like, you know, go. But I guess, I mean, I guess what it is, is that like Final Fantasy 14 never pulled me in in that way. Probably because mm-hmm. I, by the time it came out, I wasn't really in, I, I had gotten to the point where I was like, I've played plenty of MMOs. I'm just not, you know, into it like anymore. Is there. Is there a universe, a franchise, a universe that if they said tomorrow, guess what, everyone? It's the Persona MMO live game. Get your get your characters ready. 
There, there actually is, is there one. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's it's not Persona. I mean, technically it is, but the root universe Shin Megami Tensei mm-hmm. had an MMO, and I tried it because I was so obsessed with, <laughs> and still am, and I still couldn't get into that. Okay, interesting. So I don't know. I mean, I I remain like maybe the right thing could appear in my mind. You know what I mean? Like you never know, but like I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, other people that I really like trust their opinions are playing, but I don't think I'm going to play. Like I downloaded a demo probably like two or three months ago and I tried it and I was literally like, I hate this. Like in the first five minutes, (laughs) I was like, I just didn't like all the shit going on around me. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, that new game feeling, you know, yeah. that feeling where you're, you're, you start something that you're excited about and you're like, whoa, what's this? Wait a minute. What's, oh my God, there's a, you have to level this up. I, what's this gem? I don't know what that, holy shit. And you're on the wiki and you're, th- there is something about that feeling that I love. And it's, you know, I'm sure a, a psychologist can tell you that, uh, you know, the newness, the, the honeymoon period of of any experience a product a game a whatever a relationship is uh is an exciting time and so the bigness of a live game an mmo the 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 um the the the, there's so much to unpack as opposed to um well here's the story here's part one of the story and you know games like breath of the wild also do this of like good luck go anywhere you want and that was also like whoa whoa what's this i could go here you know and that is a single player experience that also does that but i don't know there is just something about you know and sea of thieves was is is and was the last one that grabbed me i was like this looks cool oh what oh crap everything's Mm -hmm. here what is this i don't know factions oh shit gems i don't know I just love that shit. I I will never say never in the case of games. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. But at this time, yeah, like I, at this time I find this maybe is a good segue. So I don't want to go too far into it if we still would like to talk about some of the other things that our community is playing. But um, I find that the nature of roguelike or roguelite runs is like suiting my gaming play style really good right now, really well. Interesting. Yep. Yep. yep because yep. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you know, maybe I'll sit down and do, you know, a run or two in Returnal, which by the way is 20 runs. That's what that means. <laughs> uh, actually, no, I kid. It's probably more like 10, but it's still a- enough. Um, yeah. And like, that for whatever reason fits well but like my style of what i've enjoyed gaming wise has changed so much you know like when i was a teenager and in my 20s i wanted like you know straightforward jrpgs maybe with some side quests and then i would say maybe like you know 10 years ago i was probably kind of sort of still playing rpgs but kind of like getting interested in like hybrids like Mm -hmm. um you know stuff like puzzle quest which was like it's an rpg Mm -hmm. but it's also a puzzle game and <clears throat> uh, got really interested uh, again, like kind of went back to after playing a lot of them in my teens, um, you know, point and click adventure style things like maniac mansion or, you know, whatever the uh, modern yeah. versions of point and click are, which there's a billion, but, um, mm-hmm. like my style has consistently changed of the things that like fit my groove best. And I think yeah. for my life as I currently stands, I like to be like, I'm going to spend an hour doing runs and returnal and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to go do something else. 
I well, number one, I am eager to hear what is keeping you stuck to Returnal. Meaning, like it, we, you know, we expected, we worried that Returnal would get very hard, and there would be a wall, and then, you know, there would that that glue that sticks you to it would be like, ah, this is too frustrating, mm-hmm. you know. And that may off. have just not happened yet. I don't know. Right, um, perhaps, perhaps. So, so I, I we will get to that. And mm-hmm. then I'm also very fascinated by who is changing are we changing and do our tastes change and of course they do of course tastes change as we get older but i guess i i have been attributing a lot of my my personal shifts over the last couple years and the last year has been you know two years has been a crazy time where you know we have a lot of we need a lot of time and thing we need to do we need to fill our brain with things that are not, you know, the world and the news and the things of that sort. So there's something going on there. But I f- always felt like I discovered Warframe, which is obviously a live service online interacting game with just truly some of the deepest, craziest systems that I've ever encountered. And I, I look at that time in my life and now I and now I'm like, Not that Warframe ruined games for me, but I I felt like I crossed a threshold of like, oh, this is this is how much space a game can take up in my brain. It's hard for me to go back to simpler games now, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And I don't know if I don't know if I changed my taste changed or if I experienced something and now it's different. You know, I, I so. I marked that as a point for me. And now I'm all about these ongoing live service, you know, deep mechanic kind of things. And yeah, I'm not no, sure I get why. that. I get that. I mean, you know, I guess it makes sense that uh, anything that you're into the culture of that it would change over time and that you might find your own changes within it. And games that have a culture that where, you know, again, the the games that are alive, that are not just like, well, we shipped it and here it is. And there's lots to talk about and lots to do. And you can enjoy that with with other people online. But the the excitement, the, 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 you know, the metaverse of like, I'm not even playing this game right now, but holy shit, there's a live stream of this new thing that's coming out. And 200,000 people are really hyped about it. And I'm one of them. Uh, that is, that was something I never was part of before this kind of game, you know, before, prior to the last two to three years. And now I really, uh, crave it a lot. And, uh, I find that interesting. It is. It really is. Yeah. I love the idea of like talking to people about, and this is maybe a, even a show idea, talking to people about how their gaming styles have changed over the years, like what their groove was when they started, what how their groove changed mm-hmm. over time, especially people that have been playing games for decades. I think mm-hmm. that's really an interesting kind of thing. So maybe, mayhaps, we use that mayhaps. in the future. We, I think we should. Um, you know, and also like I trace my roots to uh, RPGs for sure, especially JRPGs like Final Fantasy VI is... Probably is is on my top five favorite games of all time. If I had to make a list, you know, it's just those those games shaped 
everything for me. They made they made me fall in love with what games are and could be. And uh, and we and I just wonder, like, was it a different time? We didn't have uh, games that were bigger or more complex or a lot more alive than that. They just didn't exist. So not like did we we were not settling for simpler experiences, but um, we didn't have them. We didn't know any better. So it makes me think about kids today, like many kids first and early, like we played when we were eight years old, we were playing, you know, the legend of Zelda and, or, or final fantasy and kids today who are eight years old are on an, are in an online server with their friends playing Minecraft or Fortnite. And it's Mm -hmm. like, wow, that is a radically different starting point than we had. And it's not a judgment. I just find it very it's just different. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. I mean, you yeah. know, everyone's going to have their different and it is super interesting to me to think about like Minecraft being someone's like what I would think of as like their root game, you root know, game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if I think about my root game, you know, it's, it's the legend of Zelda on NES, mm-hmm. like no doubt, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like that game really does, you know, spread its tendrils kind of like into the soil of you, I think, and mm-hmm. really hold on in a way that like, you know, it's formative to me. Like that's the formative game and or games that kind of set the foundation for what your style and interests are going to be like as you live your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and study the art form too, you know, and and trace that lineage back. I just, you know, this is what we talk about here. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, briefly, before we get into what we're playing, uh, a little bit more chatter in the Discord. And and please, if you're listening and you're not in the Discord server, the link is in the description of the show notes. Uh, please join and us it there works. because the we're, link works. The I link works. All, I worked all week to fix that shit. It now works. <laughs> if you come into the freaking server, you can see everything, and it now works. Beautiful uh techno says destiny 2 there is a new season starting uh with a big new content that was announced but he's saying that comes in february Uh, but also i randomly was passing by a the virtual reality subreddit uh which i you know is just in my feed and i you know if it pops it pops and sometimes if i'm i'm poking around in there and somebody there was like hey, I just painted this cool painting in VR and it's like a painting on a canvas. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And it's a program called Vermilion. I dropped it in the Discord uh, and Techno was like, yep, thank you very much. Tried it immediately and uh, said that it it's amazing. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find the, the, yeah. Techno says, really impressed with the quality of it. He was describing that you're in a room this is vr you're in a room there is a canvas and you have a palette and you are using a variety of paintbrushes and it's quite a bit more than like pick a color and then it's like the 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 bristles on the brush the pressure of the brush you can mix colors and you can sort of if your brush if you do an errant stroke and you mix you mix two paints together then you're getting a different shade and it's it's incredibly tactile and there are like indicators or visual indicators that show you um how hard you're pressing with this virtual paintbrush and and the strokes you're doing and there's something about the way the paint is rendered on the canvas where um and i I haven't tried it i'm just watching youtube videos of it but um you the the light you know the, the light in the room 
you can see the texture of the paint is what I'm saying. And, nice. and depending on the brush and the canvas you are using, it looks, it is one of the most tactile art experiences I have ever seen. And not only have we just sort of seen it in passing, but Techno got in there and and says it is as it is as extraordinary an experience as it uh, presents itself to be. Wow! So when you were talking earlier in the week about VR painting, you weren't talking about vermilion. You were talking about tilt brush, right? Tilt brush is rad. So and it's it's different it it was made by google but recently became open source uh, i don't have the stomach to like install op the open source version so i just bought tilt brush so i bought tilt brush on steam mm. as a standalone product and you load it up and it runs great and this is three-dimensional painting so you're in a you're in an empty three-dimensional space and there are many many brushes and you you pop open your right your left hand and you're scrolling through the brushes and there's a brush for ribbons and there's a brush for electricity and there's a brush for neon you know and then, and then there's a brush for you know paint and whatever you can alter the size of your brush and then you take you grab the color and the thing you want and then you look around you and you know i'm like doing this in you know i'm, I'm making motions here that nobody can see not even you can see but you you paint the air and it's amazing because colors and shapes and and bubbles and electricity and and uh water and snow come out of your hand and go in the air it's like as if the air was a canvas and so you 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 are based you are painting sculptures around you you can paint a sculpture or a scene and very early on in our show, I talked about a VR experience called the Museum of Other Realities, oh, yeah, which I, I highly that. recommend. Many of the scenes, this, especially the static pieces of artwork, were painted in tilt brush. So it's like if you were in a museum and you walked up to a canvas, you'd be like, wow, a painter painted this canvas. It's an amazing painting. But in this VR museum, you're walking around a virtual museum and then you see a three-dimensional painting that you can walk inside of or shrink yourself down and go into the painting. Those paintings, which again feel, because they are three-dimensional, they are almost more like sculptures, were created in Tilt Brush. And, you know, you don't, I am not a visual artist. I'm not a painter or a drawer. I'm, I don't have any skills in that department but the tools that you get in tilt brush are like you they're so tactile that you can just um you can just go crazy you can just do wacky stuff like you, here's a brush that paints leaves or flowers wow. and then you're just like okay here's a tree and then I'll paint some logs and then I'll, then there's a brush that makes fire. So I can just, whoosh, there's a campfire wow. and there's a brush that makes smoke. And, whoosh, and all of a sudden you are inside your own painting looking around and it's vector based. So you can scale it up and down. You can grab your entire painting and go whoosh, grab it with two hands and go. Whoosh, and now it's, now it's in the palm of your hand and then you grab it again. Whoosh, and now you're inside it. It's, it's a remarkable piece of if software. If you paint something inside of tilt brush, can you save your final painting in some format? 
Yes. Okay. That you I was saving? thinking would be like a, a big one for me because using something like that or something like Vermilion, I would be like, ooh, I really want like to be able to see um my final thing and maybe save it, you know? Yeah, of course. You save it in Tiltbrush, can't speak to Vermilion, but in Tiltbrush, you save it within the program. But I have every confidence that you could. And this might take some effort, especially now that it's open source. I guarantee you there are will be tools on the internet that's like, okay, export this to a file and then upload it. And then someone else who doesn't have VR can hopefully, um, you know, you ever, you ever go on like a Sketchfab or anything where you're looking at 3D models or whatever, and you're just, you're in a web browser and you're rotating the thing. So you can kind of look at the object in, in three dimensions, but you're not, it's a flat screen. You're not in VR. I'm going to assume that you can export a tilt brush painting and then view it in another format so that you can paint something awesome and then share it with someone who does not have a VR headset because it, you know, who has a VR headset? Not, not, not your average person, of course. Sure. So, uh, and I also presume you could probably like 3D and then, you know, how will you 3D print fire? I don't know, but like, I am, I am, have every confidence the internet has, uh, has found ways to export. Interestingly, they also had a poly model browser where you could, you know, again, flick open your left hand and browse pre-made models made by the community. So you can go boop, boop, and then boom, I brought Pikachu into my uh, 3D painting. And that was cool, but I believe they turned those servers off for some reason either google's no longer supporting it or people were uploading copyrighted things in there who knows uh so that appears to be disabled but it reminded me that like yes there is a community and a library of content that can be mixed and matched and brought into your thing and out of you and you can export things and so um but short of that short of that hardcore community that's doing awesome stuff like just just get in there and make trees, you know, make, make comets and, and, and lightning bolts. It's just the coolest thing. And yeah. I think you would love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to try it. And with this four day weekend looming in front mm. of me, uh, that might be the perfect time for me to do that thing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will, put it, keep an eye out. And if I try it this week, I will inform you what I think, but probably not till the show next week, because that's good content. Yeah, no, save it, save it. Don't, don't enjoy anything. Just create, just make good content. out of it. <laughs> I made you some content. <laughs> Docky in the discord says uh, that they are still playing teardown. Are you familiar with teardown? This game looks rad and Docky is reminding me to get this back onto my uh, two playlist, my queue, because it's dope. Yeah, I'm. Ne- I've never heard of it. Like I'm completely in the dark. It is completely voxel based, I believe. Every piece of the environment is destructible and has different physical properties. And I believe the premise of the game is that you have to plan a heist so you start at point a and you're i think you're trying to accomplish some goal in a warehouse in a factory whatever and you're setting up different scenarios i guess it's like 
windows and explosives and vehicles and ladders and whatever. And you set everything up and then it's like, boom, go. And you run through the environment and all this chaos starts happening. And I think where this game gets wild is that like chain reactions of physical events lead to crazy amounts of like interaction and destruction and so that so walls and trees and vehicles start to explode and the voxels are going everywhere and and Doki's saying like you know he recently got a really nice pc that runs everything really well and the teardown is the only game that is so like computationally uh intensive that like when shit hits the fan in teardown you're going you, even the best 3090 is going to be dropping down to like four frames a second <laughs> and that's not like a sh- that's not a diss on this game that's like this game is wild looking and so uh thank you Doki, for the reminder Doki said it's strange that burning down a building can feel so relaxing because <laughs> i think i've said on the podcast before that when i play diablo i have a specific kind of like mode that my brain goes into which is kill and my husband and i have a joke about it and so like you know if i'm playing something and i have like a good groove of killing going on it doesn't have to be diablo He'll be like, oh, kill. And I'm like, kill. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the relaxation of killing. Yes, I love kill. All right. Well, speaking of kill, speaking of killing, what are you killing in, re- in your return to Returnal? Well, what, that's, a, that's a, really good, a really good segue because the game that I've most recently felt that kind of groove of of kill but like in the most uh pleasant of ways in a way that i have to say diablo games cannot really offer Mm. um is is returnal and Mm -hmm. um i think and i don't know if this is anything like what the dark souls phenomenon is like where you like hit something hard and you're like okay i'm gonna die i'm gonna try again i'm gonna figure it out this time this time i'm gonna take what i learned in the last run where i died and i'm gonna go oh maybe if i try this or maybe if i go do this I never thought that that would be appealing to me. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. appeal to me at all in dark souls, but the dark souls universe is not appealing to me. Like I'm, Mm. it's just not atmosphere I want, Hmm. but when you put me in a very like alien esque, like, uh, you know, setting, like I love alien settings and I love when they are deeply mysterious and strange and foreign the way that this one is. Um, it's so i mean i know enough about you to know to i shouldn't be surprised but it's it's quite astounding that setting tone mood aesthetic is enough for you to overcome your uh, aversion is a strong word your trepidation around a game like this well yeah and i've always said i mean my entire life i've said you know i'm not good at games not good at games not good at games (laughs) And the last like year, year and a half of my life, I'm starting to realize that I really can't say it anymore because am I executing the most like perfectly optimized thing? No, I might not be like every playthrough might not be like Twitch worthy, you know, for a speed run or something. But like after playing Pistol Whip for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't like place like number eight on the world leaderboard and go, well, I'm not good at I'm not good at games. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I have done stuff like that with that game. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I, and I've practiced for so, so much 
I can't say that anymore. And so like playing something like Hades or something like this, like, you know, I'm definitely not good at this game, but I think one of the things that's so appealing to me, there's several, one of the things that's so appealing to me and I'm recognizing it from Hades, it's that groove Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to go through this area, but the rooms are different. It's the same Mm. area, but the rooms are going to shuffle. So that seems to help keep it fresh. And Hades did the same thing. It's like, it's roughly the same area, but you'll never go into the same room series. So, you know, I don't know what it was exactly, but like the gameplay for me is like extremely fluid and like feels like a rush, like a high, like Celine, the main character, her run is one of the fastest runs and one of the most pleasurable runs I've ever like played in a main character. Like hmm. she runs so fast. Oh, and like the, her actual running anima- correct, animation like, or yeah, whatever. Her, her running animation and the way she, it feels when she runs is just, and also I think like her, her shooting and her attacks and stuff are also incredibly fluid. And mm-hmm. so maybe I'm seeing some of the, like the benefits of the PS five. I don't know, but I mean, but uh, isn't it interesting how important that fluidity, that animation, that feeling, the the intangible feeling of motion uh, in a game is so important. Yeah, to, to I mean, play. yeah, like it's make or break, sometimes. right? Like when I um, and here's a perfect example. Like when I went back um with uh Techno and we played um the Diablo two beta, like when it came mm. out, our first impression was, oh my god, this is so clunky and slow. Because mm. even though they had made so many upgrades, you know, the basic movement of the character right. was not the changed. Sprite movement is is unchanged, yeah, right. Whereas, like, even when you play Diablo three, it's much more pleasurable to move your character around. Interesting. And I think a part of this game is like, uh, to me, like. Like I have, I have had many times of Returnal when I've since I've started playing where I would like just barely dodge past an attack or like something would like land on my ass and I would like manage to kill it in like that hyper second. And because it's so easy to die and go back to the beginning, the rush you get from surviving, like I've I've literally like yelled like woo like in mm-hmm. my living room. Mm-hmm from like surviving an attack you know and i'm like it's 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 like plugging into like a special kind of high that like i don't uh, i feel like i kind of had a little bit of a blast of that when i was playing hades but not Mm -hmm. quite like this like the fluidity of this game is just so it's totally different types of games like hades is so art forward and yeah. so stylistic mm-hmm. and like i feel like this game is i mean obviously art forward too but in a completely different way um it's just uh, i feel like it really does use the best of what the ps5 has to offer and i think we talked last week about the the haptics and mm-hmm. you know feeling the controller and what it does in your hand and then last night uh my husband was like hey you should plug in over the ear headphones and play it. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. was like a whole nother level of like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like you can hear the directions from which like the 
the enemies are coming and you can hear the rain and you can hear every little chirp and murmur and alien sound. And I was like, oh my God, like this is the way to play it. This is simply really terrific. Nice. Yes, it was does, just does, so does, cool. Doesn't PS5 have uh, support like 3D audio or whatever that is currently being called? Uh, and I don't know if you need special headphones to take advantage of that, but it sounds like the peripheral uh spatial sound awareness was was working for you in the, at least somewhat in, in that yeah, environment yeah right? so i'm not i can't answer your question 100% sure cuz i'm not sure mm-hmm. um but i can say that it's definitely uh, i would say if i had to guess that i was probably experiencing like a 3d kind of like the sound is immersive. It's complete. It sounds like surround sound. Um, yeah, it's really powerful, really memorable. So like, that's one part of the puzzle. Um, but like for me, another big part of the puzzle, no doubt is that I'm super fascinated and I love as a storyteller, the way that they, put this very juicy piece of story like so early in and then kind of Mm. just let you do what you were going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the first things you find out at the very beginning, which I don't believe is really much of a spoiler because of the name of the game is that, you know, you crash your ship, you get there, you walk out, you find a body and it's yours. And you're like, Hmm. okay, like, (laughs) you know, you're, you're doing your little thing, you're reporting, you know, like you have a little walkie or something like that. And you're like, I'm approaching this thing and let's, let's identify this body and it's you. And you're like, okay. And the entire rest of the game is about figuring out why you keep coming here and keep dying over and over and over. And you don't know, but even in the biome I'm in, which I think there are four total, like I've already unlocked stuff fascinating like tiny like snippets of memories that don't make sense without the full context and i'm just like i want to fucking know what the full story of this game is yeah, because uh, there's no better look- hook than that Come no on. Yeah, that, like, that, that opening hook great i could look it up but like i don't no, no, want no, no. to you know i no, really no, no, no. really really don't want to so i'm just like ah. Oh. so it's yeah i think it's kind of like a combo of a couple of different things it's like the high of the gameplay mm-hmm the complete immersion of this like just expertly executed world and like a story that's like, I just really want to know what happened to this person. Um, you know, what, what is going to happen to them? So it's a really interesting, like crossing over of like multiple different influences. And like I said, in you know, our discord, I think yesterday, like I was like, am I a roguelike? devotee now but like, but maybe i mean maybe you are experiencing a, a genre and enjoying a genre that you typically don't but you know this is ticking so many boxes that allow you to overcome again your your trepidation around the genre let me ask one other thing technologically and i think this is probably true the speed at which the game you die and it puts you back on the next run uh i i presume there that loop is like it's not like oh shit dead ah loading screen starting over okay hopefully it's being like try again go right Right. so there is like a cutscene that varies in between you'll get different little bits of what's happening to celine's memories how the crash goes etc but you can just hold x and skip it all so like you could watch it if you wanted the circular nature but like i usually skip it now because 
I've had to die so many times to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just my style, right? Like, I'm sure there's people who played Returnal and like they've died three or four times and they got it. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person. I have played, like, one of my friends actually messaged me the other day. It was like two nights ago and I was in the middle of like a series of runs and he messaged me and he was like, stop dying. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I literally can't. Like, I cannot <laughs> help it, you know? But I did, and another friend told me, because I had been tweeting about it and about the challenge, and another friend said, something clicked for me once I like finished the first boss. And I was like, okay. 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 And so I kept playing, and there are two major events in the first biome that you run up against. One is the boss, of course, that's how you end the biome. But the second part is that you get a melee sword and you have to fight pretty hard to get to the point to where you Mm. get that sword. But Mm -hmm. when you get the sword, it's permanent. So you never lose that sword. Yeah. We, when you first started talking about it, my main question was like, okay, uh, what, what is the pro, uh, the, the forward momentum? What is the progress that you keep? And so, and I think at the point you were at, the pickups and the weapon augments were not permanent, right? No. Um, yeah, there are certain things you can get that like you'll get a little notification that says like, oh, this is permanent. Um, but for the most part, nothing is really carried over except a form of currency called ether, which is very rare and hard to find. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you get to the point in the biome where you get the sword, um, then uh, things I've noticed changed a little bit once I got a hold of the sword. So like a cool thing, right, is like, you know, in your brain, you're thinking, OK, well, if I'm going to get to the boss, if I'm going to move towards this goal, I'm going to have to move through the entire biome to get to the other end. But what happens when all those pieces are shuffling? What that means is that when you get the sword or when you go up against the boss and you die, The next time you go through the series of rooms of the biome, the boss might be the third room or it might be the Mm. 20th. So if you get Mm, lucky, mm -hmm. like, you know, you do a run and you don't have to go to the end anymore because Uh, that's how it works. But it's all a shuffle. So, Hmm. yeah, it's it's I think maybe the way that they like worked with the moving parts, like the more that I play it, the more I'm like, this is really expert. And. I feel like for the for, for the first time I went up against the boss for being completely unprepared and not looking at any guides or anything, I did pretty well. So I'm like, okay, I can mm. beat this boss. Like I feel right, right. sure that I can you do that. You have confidence, yeah. Yeah, and I know that like it's going to be incredibly difficult after I beat it and continue, but like, yeah, my curiosity is just overwhelming. I'm like, I have to know. But right there feels like a great design choice to keep you engaged because you work so hard to get to a to a boss. You learn the level, you get the upgrades, or you you, you get you get the loops, you get the systems, and you become an expert at this first biome. And then you get to the boss, and you get obliterated and start a, start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That is very uh, that is very frustrating. As as we've discussed, uh, Meg in um, Hades, yes, was that, and that frustrated me. Mm-hmm. So what what I think I'm hearing here is like you work really hard to master the first biome and then you reach the boss and it's not an insta kill. It's not an instant win. No. But you are like, uh, no, I know enough mechanically about this game where I know in two or three more runs I could take this boss down. And that feeling of like it's not easy, but it is achievable. At least on boss one, you know, 
Sure. Talk, boss five can get hard. That's great. But boss one, you know, give the player some hope. I guess right. is Definitely. is a good is a design choice that I think feels feels nice in this context. Yeah, and I mean, before I had the kind of click that my friend like said, you know, I had this before <laughs> fighting that boss, getting the sword, and like, feeling that click. I might have been like, man, maybe I'm like just hacking away at this hopelessly, but like, I'm never going to make this progress. And then when I finally made the progress, I was like, Ooh, I did make the progress. Okay, cool. So I'm not just repeating it over and over and over and like not learning anything new. I am learning new things and I am figuring out how to implement them. And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like the new grind, like, you know, RPG grind is out and like this grind is in. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, it's I can't two, tolerate RPG grind at all anymore. Like I'm it's like, two no, different I can't. grinds. We, we, and we've talked about it here. It's like the RPG grind is like, yeah, whether I'm good or bad at that game is somewhat irrelevant because I can just overcome this challenge through leveling up, leveling up, raising numbers. And the yeah. other kind of grind is like, no, you must, you must learn. It is a, it is right. a purely, uh, yeah. Educational and I love grind. that. I love that. Like I, for whatever reason, I don't know, man, like I am, I, and I have always like thought of my outside of games themselves. I've always like felt that I was a person who like gave up easily or like who did not have like tenacity as far mm-hmm. as like this type of thing went. But that once again, this is like another piece that I'm now having to look at and go, well, actually, you know, you hacked away at Hades until you figured it all out. And you you might hack away at this until you figure it all out. And you hacked away at Pistol Whip until you, you know, like entered the top 10 worldwide. Like, you know, there's something going on about it. There's some kind of, I don't know, puzzling that, uh. Yeah. What other what other rogue likes and roguelites have you enjoyed or played or bounced off of before Hades? I don't think there's been any. I mean, yeah. usually to me, roguelikes were like, "Oh, that's going to punish me," right? And but I was the, like, the, "I don't want to be punished." Yeah the 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 mystery of them though the the idea like. I I joked in in Discord like you're like or you said oh am I a rogue low rogue like player now ha 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 and I was like you should play rogue the original game mm-hmm. and I have very fond memories of this in a world of point and click adventures and very linear JRPGs and stuff though that's the background of gaming you know in that time and rogue is older than this but I probably I probably came to it in the early nineties. Um, the idea that like, oh, like this is no one has seen this dungeon before. This is new. Mm-hmm. This is this is generated anew for me. And it, I might die to it. I might step in a trap and be dead in one second or I might have the best run of my life. And in 1992 or whatever the fuck it was, that was like, whoa, right. this game is alive. Those other games are are set but this game is it breathes it it has a life to it and that was so compelling to me so even though rogue is incredibly punishing i felt a lot of forward momentum i felt uh, about learning things like you know what you you pick up a potion you don't know what this potion does it is it is 
not known because potion J from your last run is something totally different in this run. And so you kind of start learning of like, mm, maybe don't drink everything you find on the floor. Maybe don't, you know, step into mm-hmm. every corner because there could be traps and you become Lessons. good at this game. You know, it's, it's really cool. Um, and that, so it's, you know, seeing that lineage uh, balloon in, in mechanically in, in all these other games, Hades and Returnal and, and such, uh, Spelunky, which I actually started playing and, and I'll talk about in a bit, mm. uh, is, uh, is cool. It's cool to trace it back. So, so I, I'm not saying go play Rogue. I mean, I'm, I'm har- half saying go play Rogue and half not really saying that, but... Uh, I, well, I mean, looking I guess at I'm it, saying- it, it's like why, like, if this is fascinating to me, why wouldn't I want to necessarily like try the prototype? It holds up. Me meaning, like, you, sometimes we play games, and when you play Breath of the Wild, you're like, oh my god, this is an amazing game. And then I think you would agree with me when when you, when I would say to a person who enjoyed Breath of the Wild, give NES Legend of Zelda a try. Right. Because that game, while obtuse in a lot of ways, holds the fuck up in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, in extraordinary ways. And so I guess I'm saying something similar here of like, I think you will be astounded at how co- compelling Rogue is for a game from, I don't even know, 87. I got to look up when, when Rogue was developed. But um, yeah, uh, so uh, so I'll talk about Spelunky in a bit. I'm trying to think if there's other roguelites in the recent past. Or there have been many, but I'm trying to think of any that I have played. Oh, Dead Cells. Dead have Cells. You played Dead Cells. Yeah, no, I haven't. And it's so funny. When it came out, I was like, wow, that's pretty. I'm going to be terrible at that. And that was pre-Hades, pre-Returnal, obviously. So, uh Yeah. 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 First of all, Rogue was originally released in 1980. So, <laughs> wow. Um, but also, um, look, keep you you loved Hades and swear by Hades. You are loving Returnal. Like, enjoy Returnal. Finish Returnal, or you know, or end your time with Returnal when it's time. But uh, Dead Cells should be your next stop on this train. Nice. because uh, if memory sir uh incredibly incredibly good movement and animation 2d of course mm. but the way you are describing uh returnals movement and combat you will get the same satisfaction from dead cells uh systems and fluidity and also lots of weapon choices. So I believe if memory serves what you're doing in Dead Cells, you are acquiring some sort of currency to unlock stuff, but also you can unlock different weapons as you go. So you don't keep the weapons, but they then become available to you on run. So what happens is you you unlock a weapon, you're like, oh shit, this sword is awesome. I love this sword because it it's very fast and also causes bleed damage. And you can, I think you can hold a sword and you can hold a second weapon, which is either like a shield or a ranged weapon. You can hold two weapons at a time and vary your attacks and strategies. And so you're like, oh yeah, this sword is great. And then you die and you lose it, but then you can be on the lookout for that weapon again so that you can suit your play style 
as you encounter weapons in the wild. And I think there's also a way to say like, no, 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 I'm spending currency to make sure I always start with this weapon that I love on every run or something like that. Um, and then it is just go time and it is all about risk reward of like, how many, how, when am I going to cut my losses and rush to find the exit? Or when am I going to fight a bunch of extra enemies to, to get extra stuff? And, um, and it's beautiful and it's fluid. And, you know, I, I never finished it. Like I, I, I also hit the wall where I was like, you know, I've gotten enough dead cells out of dead cells and i just love it and respect it but i i didn't complete it mm -hmm. but uh but yeah man you you know if you're still on the roguelite train and still crave it after return right. maybe you need a break That's in where between I could go yeah you could you should go there for sure i feel like we I, own it already too yeah. like i'm almost positive that at this point one probably my husband like bought it so uh i'll have to i'll have to go digging and see and a great switch game like if you just want to sit on the like like hades was too i don't know which system you played it on but if you just want to kick switch. back and yep. and switch it up that's that's where to do it runs beautifully on switch excellent all right cool all right well this is exciting gives me some things to, to put on my list and i remember when dead cells came out i was like wow that looks so beautiful but i'm not gonna like this so yeah. because right it looks like oh it's so hard it's so intense and it is but again the the beauty of that light the rogue light is like uh you carry progress forward as opposed to you know the ro the rogues themselves the, the real true hardcore like you get nothing you get you carry nothing forward and start mm -hmm. again and that's all you get and that's yeah different. i will report back i'm going to now add this to my wish list but i feel like we own it and like i could probably play it this weekend and also <laughs> i have a four-day weekend in which i don't have a ton of plans so i'm like yes, yes, yes. Games. yes. is there it's anything better thing. than that like besides like you know christmas morning or whatever whatever it is you celebrate <laughs> There's nothing better than like, I have nothing to do and a big list of games to, to I mean, play. honestly, it's one of my very favorite feelings. And I think it like hits directly on a childhood feeling it that really was probably is. similar of like, I went and I went to Blockbuster and I rented my game <laughs> and I have it for three or five or God knows even seven days. And I've got my one game that I spent my $7 on and I'm going to go and play this game and enjoy it. Like it's a very singular kind of feeling that I really love. So, yeah, but now it's like yeah. the, the big adult version where you're like, I have all weekend and I have all the games <laughs> and I can't decide which one to play. And that I don't is, have to uh, return it on Monday. Yay. You know what I recently read or, or heard somewhere that um, do you remember the Lion King and the Aladdin games? Yeah, classics. Classics. Beautiful. Uh, really, they played really well. Great animation, of course and platformers and i recently saw somewhere that like disney or whatever studio developed them was like no 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 we intentionally made these really hard like we put a really steep uh, cur uh difficulty curve in these games because we hated blockbuster and we didn't want people oh. to rent these games we wanted people to buy them because there's no way you could finish these in a weekend what? and i that was like great devious you know wow i love that that is like a juicy <laughs> tidbit isn't that cool i mean it's also douchey i guess but uh um, no it's not in that, i mean in that time you know where, where nintendo was waging war on blockbuster the video game industry and blockbuster did not 
It was a love-hate, I think, depending on who was publishing what, I think. I guess. But I mean, also, like, fuck capitalism. <laughs> right. I mean, but you're still you're still paying the man somewhere along this chain. Regardless, Unfortunately, so. yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. why I like to support so many indie developers, because then I'm not paying the man. Yeah, you're paying uh, you're paying Patreon. I mean, you're, I mean, you're giving you're you're supporting A maybe person. through other platforms, but but it's it's mo- it's more or less going to the person. And uh, I like yes. living in that Internet time. I think yeah. that's a good time. Me, too. What else? Any, anything else? Or has it been like Returnal f- front and center? Well, I mean, you know, the thing about Returnal for me anyway, is that like I hit a point where I'm like, I've had enough for tonight. Yeah. And so sometimes that's like two hours or less. And so then I might like, you know, stop and go do like a human being thing, like eat food or, you know, wash, <laughs> you know, wash my hair. But usually like my habit is at the end, very end of the day when I'm like, okay, I'm finished doing things. I've gotten ready for bed. My habit is to log into old friends and take care of my dogs. There you go. And it's that's... usually something that takes me about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If I hang out longer, if I do some live streams for the dogs or whatever, I might stay longer. <laughs> but like, you know, really, like we were saying earlier, all I'm really doing is kind of tapping a bit. But um, I like taking care of the dogs and I like unlocking their little stories and learning more about them. So, yeah, that's really it for me right now. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Believe it or not, two games, one mobile game and one PlayStation 5 game is like a really full plate for me. That's I right. Only, that's I, that's good. Yeah. I only like to play one game at a time mostly, yep. but like I feel like old friends doesn't like require like that same kind of attention. Like it's just something I get to do and enjoy, you know. Yeah. So, I believe that's called living the dream, as a matter uh, of fact. So I'm like, well, like I've had a few tempting moments, you know, where I've been like, oh, someone told me to go look up this game or like, oh, like, you know, it's stupid fucking Steam store has got like the 505 (laughs) games publisher sale going on right now. And I'm like, I hate you bitches. But (laughs) but like, I'm not I'm not really I don't know. Like, I know there's a lot of people who love shopping on Steam and like they're like, oh, like, you know they're having this sale. And so I got to go buy all these games that I'm going to play one day. And I don't really like doing that because I've tried it. And like, I don't play the games ever. I know. I know. So it, for me, it's kind of more like, I don't know, like I, I have to, I have to be ready to play the games like that day when I'm yeah. buying them and trying them. Yes. Like if I buy it and promise myself, I'm going to do it later. That's never happening. Mm-mm. No, uh-uh. no, never happening. Um, so, all right, I have a bit of a dilemma here. Uh, uh, I have a, uh, a picture to paint here, and I think in talking through it, I think I will arrive, and, and, and soliciting your help, I think I will arrive at a conclusion. All right, I'm ready, I'm ready. So, still just cannot love Sea of Thieves enough. So, that's, that's the main game, but I, I did take... You know, I, I took a breather from it just to explore other things. And I am, uh, I have been craving a 4X strategy game, uh, which if you're not familiar, I think is like explore, exploit, exterminate something. I said 4X stands for something. And this is like Civ or Crusader Kings or whatever, the, okay. the very expansive board game simulation type games. And I just, I don't know why Civ 6 on Switch, I have started numerous games and I just, 
I don't know why. I love Civ. I can't stick with it. And every time I think like I would really like a strategy game and I think about Civ 6 and I'm just like, I, no, I can't bring myself to get back. You to can't it. do it. I can't do it. And I don't know why. And that's a mystery to me because I don't know. I think it's good. I mean, people love it. It's, you know, it's, a, it's Civ. How could it be bad? Um, and then I was browsing in my Steam library and noticed that I own Stellaris which is a Paradox published uh, 4X space uh, colonization conquering game, which I've always wanted to play, have never touched, own it. Like to, So to your point of just like, at some point, I noticed that Stellaris was on sale five years ago and was like, I need to own this game. And I've not played it. Hmm. So I installed it and and I have been thinking about getting around to it. And then... Um, I also was like, uh, inspired by Aaron Lindy, I believe we were talking about the steam deck and he was like, can I play Rimworld in the bathtub using a steam deck? <laughs> yes, that was Aaron. And, uh, the answer is yes. How could you not? And I have, oh, in the back of my mind, I have been thinking about the touch controller on the Steam Link app, which is quite extraordinary. Uh, and what it does is it just it, lay, it lays a fully customizable controller on your screen, which you know, no one wants to play, you know, uh, an action game using touch controls. Um, but for strategy games, you know, it, it's it's doable. And so I was looking at uh, Space Haven, which is a RimWorld-like game. Uh, but then I was like, and it's great, actually. I, I recommend that highly if you're looking for that type of game. And, and maybe I'll talk about it another time. It's still in early access and it's being developed and it's, it's very cool. But I was like, but what I really want is RimWorld, you know? And RimWorld is such a mouse and keyboard. It's so granular. It's like just menus and menus and clicking on tiny objects and things. And I was like, can I play RimWorld with the Steam Link touch controller? And the, the short answer is, with a community-made configuration of the controller, and if you don't mind squinting and tinkering uh, and getting very fiddly with the controls, the answer is yes, if you set it up a very specific way. So in the last couple of days, I've been um, kicking back on the couch in bed running running the rim world simulation on a new colony and and re reminding myself reacquainting myself with the i with the memory that like rim world is a top five game for me it right. is such an extraordinary game and now that i can kind of just like set a tablet down on a table and check in on my colony at, at a slower speed making sure everything's okay while sitting next to my wife and watching a show or chit-chatting or whatever is has been really nice and it's it is it is, let's call it a um the, the poor man's steam deck sort of sort of kind of thing <laughs> uh, which has been nice to enjoy so kudos to Aaron and thank you for the idea and so I've been dabbling in that and thinking about Stellaris and I have other and so I am all this to say, like, I'm sort of in between games and I want to bring up this other thing, which is I really have enjoyed my time with Final Fantasy 12. I like the story. I like the characters. And I'm struggling to, you know, 
well, the day is done, wrapping up, kids are in bed. It's game time. What am I going to play? And I want, and even those nights when I'm not going to play Sea of Thieves, I want to play portable. I want to play Switch. I want to kick back on the couch or in bed. I am struggling to find the spark, the motivation to go back to 12. And I feel bad about it. I feel guilty about it because I really like the game, but I feel very, um, I feel like the game does not explain all of its mechanics and I feel like I'm not playing it well and I feel, and there is a lot of it that is tedious and shows its age, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of random encounters over and over and over again and you can speed through them, but I'm just finding it dry. And this Mm -hmm. gets back to, you know, have complex games ruined my brain so that I can no longer really enjoy you know, more straightforward linear games. And so my question for you is like, you know, should I see it through? Do I have your permission to walk away from it? Should I take a break from it and come back to it? You know, what do you think about it, about all this? Um, Number one, well, my first impression, first of all, I love the fact that you're asking for my permission. I'm very amused by that. Um, But yeah, first off, if you are not enjoying, I've now at this point in my adult life, I've given myself permission that when I am not enjoying a game, regardless of how much money I paid for it, I am allowed to quit. But I can't tell if I'm not enjoying it. And it's a a very weird thing to say, but I, I feel like when I'm sitting with it and when I'm in it, I'm like, yeah, this is a great Final Fantasy game and I do want to know what happens and I want to progress the story. But when I am not playing it and I'm like, I'm ready to play something, I there's no part of me that says, yeah, let's play Final Fantasy 12. Yeah, see, I guess for me, like that's that is the indicator. You know, right. like I am tired and I do not know if I have the energy, but like I would still fucking love to get a few returnal runs in tonight. And like, mm, right, that, when I'm, yeah, exactly. That feeling, right? And like, I That's feel like in feeling. the past couple of podcasts, you've been like, oh, I've been really enjoying Final Fantasy 12. And now I hear you in the point where you're like, I'm not really enjoying it in the same way anymore. Um, and I know for me, like, I had a harder time giving up on games I'd put a lot of time into at certain times, at certain points in time. But, um, I'm super curious how many hours in you are because I quit around the 40 hour mark. And I'm very curious if you're near that. I'm not that far. Uh, I'm probably closer to, if I had to guess, 15 to 20. However, did you play it in the original on PS2, whatever? Yes, this is totally unrestored is where I stopped, like in the original version. Original version. So the only thing I would say there is that I am utilizing the fast forward feature to speed through very repetitive encounters and walking through towns and think, you know, to get to objective A, B, C, meaning I may have only put 15, you know, human hours into the game, but I might be closer to perhaps a 25 or 30 hour mark where you would have been. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I'm going faster through it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I'm no. I'm at that, the 30 that... hour mark in the story, but I've only put 15 hours and I'm, I'm estimating this stuff, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, that makes sense to me. I mean, I think as I told you when we originally, I think I told you this when we originally had the conversation is that I hit 
uh oh my god what's the bunny girl's name uh fran fran i i hit fran's hometown and was like oh my god i'm finally gonna get the fran story i'm fine this is gonna be great that's where i I am that's where i am that's where i am right now are you serious (laughs) yeah so wait that's where you were when you quit I got there and I was like, if you're not going to fucking tell me about Fran, fuck this game. And I quit. Okay, so the the scene there implies that there is more to tell and it will be told. But but you sounds like you never. What at the 40 hour mark? Really? Like, I mean, I had done side things. So I guess that's why I spent longer, whereas you got there more. Well, (laughs) okay, that that and I couldn't skip the fights, I guess. Yeah, but, well, but here's okay. This is all interesting to me because, like, what side things? I have not seen any side things. I don't know. I can't. It's been so long. Shit. Maybe there wasn't. Yeah. Maybe it really I, is I just know. having to sit through the fights at regular speed. It could be, but uh, yeah, I don't. But yeah, that's where I quit. I was like, I've had it, and I'm assuming that means that I was kind of bored with like the grinding, like before that. You know what I mean? For like that to be the tipping point. But I felt like I put a lot of time in and I was like, just not happy anymore, not enjoying it anymore. So the other pacing issue that I'm running into is that um, I find the Gambit system really interesting Mm -hmm. and really unique. And I feel like there is a mismatch going on where it's like, would you like to uh, open more Gambit slots? Would you like to unlock these abilities? Would you like to do all these cool things? And I'm like, yeah. But my character has like two moves. So right. what the fuck is all these other? What, what I'm unlocking things that are not that literally have no relevance. I can't even use them. So right. I feel like something is misaligned with the progression system because I I really am eager to like build complicated strategies and synergies between the characters, and it's literally like you can attack or you can heal, and, and I. And that's all I have. And, and I don't know why I'm missing. Th- I, I, I don't I know. I don't think you're missing anything. I think those are flaws in the base game. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, were you to say play that and then put it down and then immediately pick up like a Final Fantasy 15, I think you would pretty quickly see mm-hmm. the improvements. The maturity um, of the of the system. Yeah. And also, like you mentioned earlier, you know, like what's wrong with me that I can't enjoy a simple game? I think you're probably perfectly capable of enjoying a simple game. But I think that there's a difference between enjoying a simple game. Like, for instance, I still consider Hades to be a fairly simple game despite upgrade systems. Like, it, it mm, I yeah. think it's for, straightforward. But there's a difference but between a but simple. When you're in, but when you're in combat in Hades, you're in it, so you are really have to focus on what you're doing. Whereas uh, this is like random encounters, grinding, mindless things, right? What I was going to say is that those are, are to me, those are archaic gameplay mechanics today. Sure, yes. you have people who want to still grind and they want to still do the old style RPG, but I would say that. Many gamers, I'm not going to say most or half, many gamers don't want to do that anymore because they're sophisticated and better systems. So, for instance, Final Fantasy 15 utilizes a very similar fight style to Final Fantasy 14, and they actually mm-hmm. borrowed it from there, which was oh, that, yeah. you know, you're moving through the field, you see something, you could choose to avoid it, or you can choose to move in and move into combat. And it's like, to me, that you know, like, you know how in like older RPGs, like you'd see something and you're like, well, I'm going to avoid it. And like most of the time you couldn't, it would run and catch Mm -hmm. you. That doesn't happen in this game. Like when you're playing this game, it kind of feels like a really clean MMO without a lot of extra junk on it. Final Fantasy 15, that is. And I was like, this is the kind of 
fighting I want to do. Like the only exception I have for typical old school grinding I found has been the Persona games. And I think it's because the system is basically that when you fight, when, when you fight demons, you have the ability to absorb uh, or rather to capture them. And mm-hmm. then when you capture them, you have this like really fun system of being able to like combine them in what they call the velvet room, which is like the room where you do all your demon stuff. And like, if you combine the right ones, you'll get special hybrids that do very unique things. So right. like, it's got this like complex system that to me makes the grinding worthwhile because that's what it is right like there is an element of something more than just okay let's grind through this fight okay let's grind through this fight like there's more to it but there is a goal there is a there's a carrot i love grinding i don't know how to access or gain abilities or spells in final fantasy like i do know i know intellectually but i don't acquiring experience or gold doesn't seem to i don't have i'm not working toward anything with the grind i don't i can't see it you remember in in final fantasy 6 where you would equip espers and as you fight with espers equipped you can both summon the espers but then slowly the espers will teach each character a spell so you can like teach your roster of characters different combinations of spells by grinding and that was so there's a crazy Mm -hmm. amount of grind in that game but it was like well if i just keep fighting i'll finally get this doom spell and that's going to be awesome because i want this character to have it i don't i can't make that connection with uh with 12 and i i don't see the carrot there and that i think is what's blocking me and also like you get an esper or something and it's like and you get mist and intercessions and i'm like i don't know what these do and then i i, I attach them to characters I was like, are you sure you want to put on this character this is permanent i'm like i don't know i don't know if i want to do that because i don't know what this does because you didn't explain it to me and then you even when you cast the spell or you activate the esper like an animation happens and something happens and i'm like did something happen? Did I did I kill mm-hmm. anything? I, did I heal? I don't I don't know what. It's very strange. There's a log of of player actions where it's like this character did this, this character did this, but it doesn't say everything. It only says certain things. So it's like I would really love to know what the characters are doing in their gambit uh, uh, AI sort of key priority queue so that I can see if this if the uh, uh programming that i've done for each character is working synergistically but i can't see it because it only says what enemies are doing and it only says what certain certain actions characters are doing, not all of them so it's like these weird they lay out like you can customize everything and then they hide the inner workings of those systems so you don't know if they're working properly and that is it's just bothering me i, I don't know i'm not having the yeah. fun I thought I would have. Yeah, well, then that's okay. Because if you had fun in the first 15 or 20 hours, you had fun. And that doesn't, sure. like, you know, it's so funny. This reminds me of the whole line of thinking of a relationship doesn't have to be a, a relationship doesn't have to last forever to be a success. Mm. Yeah, and like to that. me, a game doesn't have to last forever for you to have enjoyed a portion of it and then be like, okay, I'm done now. Yeah. 
So that's how I, I see it. Right. So I am bequeathing you full <laughs> permission to quit this game. And not only am I bequeathing it, but I'm also like, holy shit, you're in the same fucking place I was. That's so funny, man. That's why I asked. I was like, I have to know. I have to know what set you off. And it so was not funny. remotely the same thing, but it was in the same place. Same place. So funny. But I wasn't bothered. I was not bothered narratively by the thing that bothered you. Because, uh, again, I thought with like, oh, well, you know, something's, there's some tension here between Fran and her people. And surely th- this will be resolved one day. I'm just going on some quest to get out of this village now. And it was very brief. That, that, that scene was very brief. And so I understand why you were like, what the fuck? But they have to go back to it. But maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, maybe not. I don't know. I didn't stick around to find out. And now you can have a portion of your life back to go spend on something you will enjoy more. So in my quest for like what I'm between games, what's what's my little portable game going to be? What am I going to do? Uh, briefly, I will touch on Spelunky, which I did pick up. And uh, it, it is very relevant in the context of, of roguelikes uh, and uh, Returnal and such because... Um, it's a 2d platformer, which I typically don't want to play. Um, but it is a, it is a rogue. I, I keep mixing the terms it is a rogue, a rogue, like not a rogue light because you, you carry nothing forward, nothing, hmm. only knowledge you, you, when you encounter things, objects, up, upgrades, enemies, you gain a journal entry. So you can then refer back to things uh you can refer back to information but you do not carry uh upgrades uh forward and um it is i mean spunky's been out for a thousand years now it seems like but it, it only recently came to switch so i'm sure people are familiar with this game but it is i'm finding it quite extraordinary because it's brutally hard uh, it's a platformer which and i don't care for platforms you have to be very precise with your platforming um procedurally gen- generated every time the cave is different and you're going down and you're trying to find the entrance which goes to the next level which goes to the next level which goes to the next level and um it is remarkable because at first it feels like you're making no progress you're like dum 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 oh, i'm dead okay don't don't walk into snakes oh spikes kill you okay no 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 oh what's this i can't i this is i don't can't do that and for the first like 40 runs you're you're not going you're not ma- it feels like you are making no progress but it is such a brilliantly designed game that you are actually making extraordinary uh knowledge progress educational progress and then by the 30th 40th run you're like all right i know what this does i know what this does i know what this does oh here's the exit oh okay cool now i'm that okay now i'm in level two okay up oh, died but wow i made it to level two and you start to make i started to make significant progress it was almost like the difficulty curve was very steep and then levels out as opposed to go starting easy and getting hard if that makes makes sense it doesn't it doesn't ramp up to a wall it kind of starts at a wall and then cracks open in the wall and you're like oh okay i get this game i know what to do and you die and restart so quickly that it almost feels like ah oh, man it screwed up okay back in it ah oh, this thing happened okay back in it 
and you just go and go and go and the speed at which you uh return is so fast that the the loop death doesn't almost doesn't feel like death it almost feels like a like a gameplay loop death is a is a gameplay loop in this in a way that was that is different from hades hades is like oh i made it i got the far up died Whew, back to the hub okay story this guy says a thing she says a thing cool get my upgrades you know and that is a there's a breather in between but spelunky is like you die and you're back in and that you're just mm-hmm. pow, 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 and that it. and it's i don't you will i stick with spelunky probably not i probably will not see it through but I am glad that I experienced this very special and important game because it is it is rogue on steroids, you know. Mm-hmm. It is it is pure rogue juice distilled into its <laughs> purest form. You know Please what I mean? We call this episode pure rogue juice. <laughs> I mean, look, really like like there is no other title for this episode. Pure right. rogue juice. I know what I'm lettering it to tonight. It has to be. <laughs> I know what I'm lettering tonight. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you're well, welcome. once again, Question right? It, it kind of visits the same territory of you don't have to play it forever to yeah. have had a valuable experience. But this one, I feel, I feel very okay with going. I'm probably going to go back to it a few more times to see what else it has to offer. You know, interestingly, there's something, there's something in the game that is, uh, it's something like a, uh, it's a minor, it's a shortcut guy or something. And in the beginning, in the opening area, it's like, oh, uh, the shortcut is closed off, so come find me in the mine, and and maybe I'll open up a shortcut. And I'm like, okay, maybe there is something where if you progress far enough, you'll unlock a shortcut, and then you can go right to level two. And I finally did make it to like world two. I think there's like f- four caves in each world and then and then you get to a new biome and in world two it's like oh now we're in the jungle world and all the enemies are different and they all move differently and the the traps are different and so you get to world two and you're like whoa world two uh," and i'm dead because i don't i don't know what the fuck's going on in world two and then you go back to the beginning but i once you cross over to world two i you meet um this shortcut guy he's like oh yeah if you donate two bombs I can get the shortcut started. And I'm like, oh, yes, finally a checkpoint. I can I can start at world two. Nope, nothing. I, no. I don't mm-hmm. understand how this system works. I presume I have to do it many more times to unlock this, whatever this shortcut is. Um, so that was, it was a little disappointing, but it was not, it didn't feel like the same like wall that uh, that Hades threw at me. It, it still mm-hmm. feels like, all right, I, I ticked some box here, so soon enough i will unlock something and and so maybe i'll go back to it um there's some good resource management too you start with ropes and bombs and then you can visit a shopkeeper and spend your you are trying to acquire like gems and gold and loot to then the more money you get you um can spend it on power-ups like uh a jetpack and a freeze gun and uh you know uh jump boots and you know parachutes so you don't fall you don't die when you fall too far uh and so every run is like oh i 
And the game does not explain what the power-ups do. So you have to buy them, use them, and then die. And then you're like, oh, that's what the parachute does. Cool. Next time I see a parachute, I will make sure to get the parachute because that's very useful in this context. And so, again, pure education, pure knowledge. You only gain knowledge. You do not gain uh, stats or anything. And then... I don't know. Usually I'm not a fan. Uh, those, those games don't click with me, but this one, this one feels this all right. One did. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it did. Um, and briefly, I, I don't want to take too, too much more time here, but um, the other thing I do want to mention is a game, but also it is not even described as a game by the developer. It is just described as a toy, and that is called Townscaper. Have you seen this in the wild or been familiar with it at all? I have not. $6 on both Steam and Switch. We got it on Switch and it it, it really is a great Switch game. Runs beautifully there. Uh, and my kids were actually very interested in it too. It is a, it is not a sin. It is a toy. It, it is building a beautiful town, a seaside town on this plain of water. And you just pick a color and you start plopping little houses down into this world. And if you place the houses next to each other, they go bloop, 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 and they become a little neighborhood. And you place houses, you, pr- you do a little path and there's like a little walkway. And then you place a house and then you put a, a, bl- a bloop on top of it and it becomes a two-story house. And then it becomes a lighthouse and then it becomes a courtyard and then it becomes a, a little school or a little church looking building. And depending on where you place I don't even know what to call them. They're not blocks. You're not placing tactile objects. You're just highlighting an area and going bloop, blue. I will put a blue thing here. And the t- this thing, it's almost like you're creating a town out of clay or water. And it's just like, bloop, 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 bloop. and it, it, there's no goal. There's no simulation. There's no management. There's no currency. It's just create a beautiful thing. And it is just lovely and cute and relaxing and peaceful. There's, I don't even think there's music in this thing. There is just delightful sounds, colors, and shapes. And it actually is quite fun because my daughter was doing it. She was playing first. And I was like, whoa, how did you make a lighthouse? Like every time I play stuff, it just makes little houses. She's like, oh, if you place a a white color here and then you choose another color on top of it or if you if you choose if you place a house and you put another bloop on the top of that bloop that's the same color it makes a larger house but if you alternate colors the structure of the house is different and you build it up and it becomes a lighthouse so it's like they're actually there's secret combinations of structures and colors um, that uh, will lead to different sh- building shapes. And once you start to like figure those out, you can then set up your town. And also what I found interesting was I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a road that goes straight down here. Then I'm going to make a road that goes up here. And I'm like, as you make the little road, they're not really roads. They're more like um, trestles. They're more like um, piers almost because everything happens on the water. And as I'm making the, this pier, it's like curving to the left. I'm like, no, I want to make a straight thing so I can make an intersection. And what you start to realize is the grid is very um, 
curvy. And what it actually does is it forces you to make these, it forces you to stop making like Sim City towns and it forces you to make like quaint, adorable English seaside villas or something like the the mechanics the the motion of the game pushes you to make um like rounder uh twistier kind of things that ultimately end up looking way cuter and more beautiful than what your dumb brain is like make a grid and make a make put houses here and there It, it it's much more um I don't know. It's very tactile and very, uh, very relaxing. And again, you know, am I going to put 40 hours into like blooping, blooping houses onto a, onto a water canvas? Probably not. But for $6, I am so happy that, uh, (laughs) we now have this little toy that we can play with. And, and it's great for kids too. Uh, if that's uh, something that, uh, you know what I had my, for a long time, my son was playing, you know, she plays a lot of Smash Brothers. He plays a lot of Boomerang Fu. And these are very twitchy fight combat focused games. And he like ramps the difficulty down to easy, the easiest so that he can win every match. And so that's his happy place. And that's great. But like, he gets very agitated when playing these kinds of here, you know, if, if he's not winning, he'll get very frustrated. And I was like, I want a virtual toy that he can still get excited about playing a video game, but is has no fail state and is not frustrating. And I've had my eye on this this little thing for a long time. Um, so I'm, you know, my daughter was playing it. She really enjoyed it. And I'm eager for him to like, I want to see if this clicks with him. It may not, uh, you know, uh, not to be stereotypical, but he want he's he is a boy who wants to kill things. So uh, you know, <laughs> well, there's I'm no a girl killing who in wants this to game. Kill things, I understand. Right, of course, absolutely. So no, 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 no stereotypes, no judgment. But that that is, you know, that is his his uh, mode. So I I will be interested to see if he if he will jam on this thing. But anyway, Townscaper. Uh, it's lovely. It's a cute. It's a cute little thing. Apparently, it's also coming to iOS and Android in October, <gasps> uh, and I will be waiting because this yes. looks like a delightful game to play on phone. Yeah, do it. Yeah, that's 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 a good call. I, yeah. I, I recommend it. Huzzah! Good. All right. Shall we get out of here? I think we're gonna get out of here. And and I think it's time for you to yeah I think you could squeeze in a run of fraternal before before the day is out right well I don't have to work tomorrow so yeah I can oh yeah do it do it I have a four day weekend and I'm super excited sweet enjoy it thank you listeners for entering the chat with us our theme music is by Azure Flux our logo is illustrated by just call me Katarina and uh, we'd like to hear from you as always have entered the chat at gmail.com that email address is in the show notes uh, all the time as well as the discord link uh, you heard a lot of chatter chatter chitter chatter from uh, the community there we would like you to be in there with us tell us what you're playing what you're loving what you're hating uh, what you're bouncing off of what you're giving up on what you're sticking with please let us know And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the show in your favorite podcast platform of choice. It helps others discover this community. Before we sign off, Colette, any final words? Kill. Kill. (laughs) Bye.